your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a th- Wednesday. I almost did it. Wednesday of Lacrosse Talk PM 608 785 7914. In studio with me is she is about once a month, Spencer Halsey, the UW Lacrosse Outreach Special Specialist. And I was, you know what? I got to write down like what you do you have a nickname? It's like something. Pluto, something <laughs> I forget what it is. My uh, my usual go to is Miss Photon. Miss Photon, see, it was I had the right letter. Physicist. Miss, Fo- I'm gonna write it right in my notes the next time. But why is it Miss Photon? You just said. Oh, uh, photons are very high energy, and I'm a high energy physicist. Do you need to be high energy because you work with like children all the time, and you you just have to be more energetic than they are? I think. Uh, I think I can be more energetic than most kids. I am very excited most of the time. <laughs> 608 right, we're going to talk about some science stuff. Uh, there's, there's a, let's just, I know that we, I don't have a very good bullet point list here, but we have PIFAS news on, we might uh, karate chop PIFAS, uh, what are they called? The, uh, polyphenol. What are the, what are the strands called? Bonds. The bonds? Yes, the, the uh, you're karate chopping the bonds between okay. the chemicals. So we might do that. Uh, we've got weird Dinosaur news, like good dinosaur news coming from bad climate change news. I think that's the best way to put that. Yeah. Um, what else? UFOs are here now. We've admit, we've admitted that extraterrestrials from not the, the from not the Earth. No. No. Definitely, well, uh, origin unknown. Origin unknown. Because this is like I call it headline porn. Like, ooh, <laughs> what? It's, the government has admitted that UFOs exist, like UFOs from outer space. Um, but maybe, maybe not. So I, I might have spoiled that one. Um, and then, uh, you know, this is something I, I talked about a couple of weeks ago on my show. And then I said, this is, we'll have to talk about this when you come back in. So we're, we're apparently uh, studying st- spiders and we su- we're surprised that they sleep or dream. I think we're surprised that they dream, like they have REM sleep. Um, how many eyes do spiders have? Because the rapid eye movement would be like... <laughs> Wait, so, oh my gosh. Don't spiders have a lot of eyes? Eight. They have eight eyes, okay. Actually, I actually got the chance to talk with one of Wisconsin's leading spider researchers since last time we met. Uh, she studies spiders in a very niche habitat. Uh, called, I'll call it like Altair or Alvir, something very rare. Uh, and she's catalogs like that's the black habitat widow spiders. Or that's, yeah, oh, okay. the habitat. It's like a rocky... Um, I was going to say it's someone's surface. moldy basement. Yeah, spiders in, in moldy basements. And she classifies spiders in Wisconsin. And then the other one uh, we're doing is we're, we're putting tiny trackers on moths. Which so, I love. So, we're, we're, so think about a moth. Like I was chasing a moth in my house yesterday. How many times a, a week do you just chase a moth because you've got to get it out of here? I usually do do that? to the cats. No, the cats, <laughs> oh, do yeah, cats. Okay, so the cats. <laughs> I'm sure they're not shooing them. I'm shooing them off outside because that's the way I am. Not, Your no. cat is not shooing them off outside, I'm sure. Uh, does, do you think the cat's satisfied after he gets them off? And he's like, because <laughs> they eat it, right? Or do I they mean, smush it? They, they, no, they usually don't acknowledge it. They just touch it. And they're like satisfied and walk oh, away. Okay. So you have a kind of, maybe you have a lazier cat. I, have I think not a very bright cat. Cats are generally lazy, I think, sometimes. Um, but we're putting tiny trackers on moths. <laughs> and then we're... And then the so the story and I don't the story says and then we're using a plane to follow them. <laughs> which <laughs> this is, is this is the epitome of science. People wonder what can you do with a science degree? Track this laws. Is, this is the epitome of like we're mad that Khloe Kardashian's taking five minute flights from you know it, it would be a forty minute drive, but she's taking a five minute flight, and you're like, 
you know, it probably took you 40 minutes to get to the airport and then to get the, to the other airport. Like that 40 minutes, you could have did the drive. Uh, now we're taking airplanes and we're following moths around. <laughs> like, what are you just circling around? Uh, there's probably more details of this story, but that's on the list. Um, and what else do we got here? Oh, these are old. These are from the old list. Did I miss any? Did I oh, miss I any that's on that's the list? That's a good start for what we got to cover. Yeah, we might not even get to all that stuff. We didn't get to it last time. The last end of the hour last time we had to just like do the rundown quick. But before before we go to break, I just I wanted to bring this up. You work at UWL. You we we both went to college. I think we're probably in a, a different boat than most people. But Joe Biden announced like a, a loan forgiveness program, and it's going to be probably I think most generally uh, around ten thousand dollars of loan forgiveness for people that make under one hundred twenty five thousand dollars, or a family that makes under two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And then there's some other details, but. When you hear that news, I mean, it doesn't affect you, but um, there's $1.75 trillion of, of loan debt. And, and it just seems that number like... That doesn't feel real, right? It just feels like a completely arbitrary number. And is, is it a right to feel mixed about a political decision? I yeah. feel mixed about this. Well, and he's been it's been like in a holding pattern mm-hmm. for two years when he said, we're going we're gonna to forgive it all. It's like, we're going to forgive it. It's just going to be gone. And at this point, I think he's made his decision. In my in my opinion, Joe Biden has made a decision to make everyone mad <laughs> because he's going to make uh, the people that don't like Joe Biden mad because and p- people that don't like college students because there's people out there I think that are a little bit like, oh, you went to college, um, oh, now you're getting a free ten thousand dollar check back or however that how, you know, like you're wiping ten thousand dollars off your loan. But what about me? You know, I don't have that problem, mm-hmm. and literally, I think I don't have that problem. So. Um, but I'm not mad about it. Um, but then also, the, so it's just like, and then also the people that are like, well, you promised you were going to wipe up all the college debt, and now you're only doing ten grand per person, which is just like, because if you, I think the number was like, if you take the the amount of student loan debt, one point seven five trillion, and then wipe the ten grand from everybody that you know, mm-hmm. the the amount of student loan debt will be. trillion. Yeah, trillion is a big number. I guess one of the biggest questions that comes to mind, and I don't have an answer to this, is does debt motivate individuals to try for better paying jobs out of college? Is debt a motivator for that? And, you know, does does that actually impact the way they, when they decide which degree to go to? I I think in a lot of ways I I would want people to, to try out harder, stereotypically harder degrees because they see them as leading to higher paying jobs and they find that they like them. That's great. But I also don't want people to turn away some degrees that are truly part of the human experience, art, music, literature, um, like linguistics, all of those things that are important to humanity to be carried and learned. I don't want them to turn those degrees away because of debt. So it's a really hard balance. Like does, does debt force people to take jobs that would not be what they want? Yeah, I know that happens, but it's it's a lot of money, uh, and this could really help a lot of people. But on the other hand, where does that who pays for that? Is it who who's paying for that? What what costs uh, could that money otherwise go to? I don't know. It's it's a mix. It's a mix. Yeah, and then um, but I think part of the argument there is if you get a better degree, so to speak, an engineering degree, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, you're going to be making more money, so you'll be able to pay off that debt. But 
the the motivating factor there would be like if there's actually light at the end of the tunnel because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people graduate and they don't have the job that they they didn't get the hundred and eighty five thousand dollar job that they thought they were going to get right out of college and it doesn't work that way it's like twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> and hey work your way up and it's like okay well I never I'm never going to get this debt paid off and therefore I have friends and I'm in my forties. Who are, who are still like they're like interest rates those are killer that, yeah. that is a, a horrific part of going to debt is interest rate rates and everyone and their dog now knows that interest rates are through the roof uh, and that's really impacting a lot of people with student debt yeah it'd be that interesting if we it. just went you know what we're gonna do we're gonna interest rates are gonna be zero so just pay off your debt like just you pay gotta, off the debt but then maybe there's no motivation to pay it off at all ah, interest rates zero I don't have to pay it off at all but mm. I don't know how that works uh, all right, 608-785-7914, talking text line. We'll be back with Spencer Halsey, the UB Lacrosse Outreach Specialist. We'll talk uh, some of the science news we brought up. All right, here we go. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Uh, we got our rant over about student loan debt forgiveness. Um, I will say the... The average PPPB loan, the PPP loan to businesses, the average job, uh, they wipe that that they wipe those loans out. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to pay those back. Ninety five thousand dollars. Ninety five thousand. So businesses, hey, you don't have to pay those back. People, mm, <laughs> we can't do that. This was the whole thing during COVID when we were like, what are we going to do? Everyone's locked. We'll give them twelve hundred dollar checks. Hopefully, you can last. You know, make it work for the year. And I was like, do twelve hundred dollar checks to everybody every month. And don't do anything else. We'd be fine. We would have worked out. I would have loved to see a little bit more vetting on the business PPP loans or how many P's there are. Uh, But. Also, they called it the PPP loans. Come on, guys. (laughs) Like, everybody's going to make the joke. Um, Speaking of P's, can we just do the PFAS thing real quick? Oh, yeah. Because this is like a thing that is affecting people right here in French Island. They've been on bottled water for over a year and a half. Uh, It's always just, I mean, just think about every time you go to your sink. And then you have to do a double take. Oh, yeah, I can't use my sink for the thing. And then for cooking, you can't use it. For brushing your teeth, you're probably a little nervous about it. Uh, so all the things. And that's what uh, people for over a year and a half on French Island have been enduring. But we have some uh, we have some news on the ability to destroy people yes, somehow. Yes, Okay, we're going to go. We're going to take a trip down Chemistry Lane. Chemistry real, lane. <laughs> real quick. Where but, is Chemistry Lane? Is that like a back road? Is it gravel? Is, it, is it, Chemistry Lane yeah. like a really fancy road? And very, no. Chemistry no. Lane is uh, covered in gnarly trees. It leads up to an abandoned house with vampires in it. Okay. That is wow. Chemistry Lane. I hated chemistry. It's my lowest grade. But uh, I do really enjoy PFAS. So, Real quick reminder: What is a PFAS? Well, I don't know if you enjoy PFAS. No, I enjoy chemistry talks about. I learn. I enjoy learning about PFAS. There you go. Yes, we all don't like them. They're not great. Headline tomorrow: <laughs> UWL Outreach cor- Coordinator loves PFAS. Yes, more PFAS, PFAS, please. More PFAS in my cereal. <laughs> yes. All right. So polyfuel alkyl substances—they're hard to destroy. They resist water. They withstand friction and high temperatures. They are very pervasive they stick wherever they end up they will be there for a long time they're on they're in fast food wrappers Mm -hmm. i think they still are i feel like we we haven't i don't know but we we need to do that tomorrow yesterday (laughs) uh your nonstick pans have we phased them out on nonstick pans i think it probably depends on where you're getting the pans right because you're just supposed to use like steel pans and uh the other ones that are really hard to clean because you can't Mm -hmm. just clean them with water cast iron there you go we have one i have one it's all rusty 
Um, and then obviously firefighting foam, which we are trying to phase out. We can't even phase that out. And we just like, hey, this is the stuff that's ruining all our groundwater. Eh, we'll think about phasing it out. Anyway, yeah. so that's where they, that's some of the ways we get PFAS in our, into our system. All right. So chemistry lane, as I said, uh, a couple key notes. Uh, so the element fluorine is not a great element. It's highly reactive, flammable, and is part of the PFAS. It's the fluoro in polyfluoroacyl. Um, so what scientists have done is they discovered a way to break apart the molecule. This is huge. This is a really big deal because it is very tough to do. There are current things in place that are incredibly expensive, incredibly limiting, and they've discovered something, a chemical used in common hand soap. They fit, this is science. This is so cool. So this uh, chemical, DMSO, uh, breaks the bond between the carbon and the rest of the uh, molecule. Right, and it and that just allows us to release the fluorine articles, um, elements, and and take them out. So we can just take out the really bad stuff by breaking the single bond. Okay, common hand soap. How yes. do you think? Because you're like, ah, oh, scientists have figured this out, and all these experiments, and probably millions of dollars to go into research. Do you think the dude was like one of the scientists was just in the bathroom, you know, wash his hands, came back out, was going to work with some of the PFAS, and then like like. Because it's in water, maybe they were working with the water, and all of a sudden they're looking through it with the microscope, and they're like, whoa, this piece of stuff, it's breaking up. What is going on? And they're like, well, you, you have soap on your hands still. You didn't rinse your hands off. You ruined the experiment. But they're like, wait a minute, the experiment, we, I think we solved it. Like, do you think maybe? Because maybe, so, we do this by accident all the time, right, scientists? Mm-hmm. I mean, pe- like, think about penicillin, one of the major things. Very strange. So either that, which I think is the best explanation. Someone probably, accidentally probably messed happened. up. Or... They, they were looking at a family of chemicals that had a lot of potential uh, energies. They were using software analysis and discovered that this chemical is also common in hand soap, and that's the way they market it. Like, hey, this chemical, which is also, also common, common in hand, in hand soap. soap yeah. uh, ah, the thing that breaks up PFAS. Also, you're just using this every day in your hand, on your hands. So this, we'll probably figure out that this thing in common hand soap is also contaminating our water. <laughs> yeah, and... yeah. Hand soap contains PFAS. <laughs> right. It's a, it'll be something else. Yeah. It'll be something. Wow. This thing that's breaks PFAS. Well, well then it must be stronger than PFAS. It must be worse for you. And uh, we're just using it to wash our hands. It's like the, there's a old story where uh, King had a bunch of mice. So he brought in cats and had a bunch of cats. So he brought in dogs and he had a bunch of dogs. So he brought in like lions. Thanks. Thanks mom and dad for reading that strange story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So does, this is like we're like we need to be here. Are we like an inch down the road of, of solving this problem, and we need to be like a mile down the road? So it is a start. There, this will allow us to break down about forty percent of the total kinds of PFAS, of which there are thousands. Um, so there are two main kinds: ones with a carb, uh, carbon loop, and ones with a sulfate group. Uh, the ones with a sulfate group, about sixty percent of PFAS, are not breakable with this method with this chemical the bond is too strong um, and so that means the fluorine atoms stay trapped and it continues to be a highly flammable highly reactive highly carcinogenic substance i love this one paragraph from the story about breaking up pfas one of the current practices for treating gen x contaminated water which is a version of pfas right quote mm-hmm. it's a bad name right gen x because that's also like Us. a group of people right that's like me. A, an age group gen x but- so uh, you know also a pfas version of pfas one way to, to, to treating that is high-temperature incineration, a process that is excessively expensive, according to research, and very wasteful for water and energy recovery. 
but also they quote the scientists, it works, but it is not sustainable. So here's the thing that we're going to destroy the world by, the world is being destroyed by PIFAs. So to destroy PIFAs, we have to destroy the world. So it's just like worlds collide almost or explode. I mean, it works, but it's not sustainable is literally on every lab coat in in America right now. (laughs) Every scientist could have that like painted on the wall, like live, laugh, love. It works, but it's not sustainable. I feel like we have something here. I mean, live, laugh, love. That's whoever, whoever, if they copyrighted that, like they're making millions of dollars, right? Because yeah. that's on every, every mom's, every like, mom's kitchen wall. Can you, can we market? It works, but it's not sustainable. And we'll get some woodworking guys to make this. And then we can sell this. I feel like we could sell this to every university science lab in, in the country. And then yeah. all these scientists. We can make some money and feel help. It pay back whatever the loans that don't get covered by right. selling these signs. All right, I'm bolding it. I'm bolding it on our notes. It's it works. Also this this scientist's last name is Blavatigal. Blavogel. Do you know this one? B L O. Personally, no, I no, don't. <laughs> not that you would know this person personally. How to pronounce no. his name? Also no. Um all right, when we come back, we got to do uh Good news, bad news, climate change, dinosaur, good news, bad news, bad news, good news, bad news, good news. I think the bad news went to good news. And then um, we're going back to the moon. That's part of that's part of my notes. And speaking of space, UFOs are back. And then I have sound of a black hole, apparently. Oh, yeah. But is it sound of a black hole? Are you are you okay with me categorizing like that? That is that is literally perfect. Okay. Sounds black holes make. All right. We'll be back. Midwest Family Entertainment. I'm Brittany Stiles from Midwest Family Entertainment, and I can't wait to meet you. Let's chat about your event, whether it's a wedding, anniversary party, birthday party, all kinds of reasons to celebrate. And we've got your entertainment needs covered. From our DJ services to our personalized digital photo booth, signage, uplighting, dance floor decals, so many ways to make your event unique. Head to our website and click reservations to set up our meeting. See you soon. MidwestFamilyEntertainment.com. Lacrosse Talk PM is sponsored by It's a Dog's World Grooming, Boarding, and Daycare in Onalaska. This is one song about a black hole. See if we can do this. Oh, that sounds like the tripods from Girl the Worlds. This, this is, you think this is the Tom Cruise movie? This sounds like the tripods. It's, this is very eerie. The tripods go, Like, they sound like a ship. I don't know why they do that. Like, hey, you guys, if you just kept it down, maybe we would all know you're coming around the, the hill to kill us. Maybe they don't so, have ears. So this sound, what you're hearing here, is one of two sounds that NASA has now obtained or recorded somehow of a black hole. Yes, so this sound is being produced by a black hole. It's a misconception, if you will, uh, that space is... Uh, that no one can hear you scream in space if you're yeah, because every because yeah. every time I watch a movie and something blows up and we hear the blo- like Star Wars blows up and I'm like yeah you can't hear that can't well, hear that it would depend on where they are if yeah. they are uh, next to a black hole black hole is incredibly massive pull in a lot of gases around them that gas acts just like an air and can be compressed 
so that is what you're hearing. You're actually hearing that sound. So if you just if you want to be like really childish about this black hole, a lot of gases. This is the only time we can hear it. This is a fart. Oh yes, this is a black hole fart. <laughs> this is a space fart. We're listening. Black hole is the butt of space, and we're hearing the fart. Yes, this is this is about as. It's really a long one though. Like <laughs> one of this those. Is, this is the highbrow humor that you come to the radio for. Uh, just turn 44, just, just turn 40. Still <laughs> act 12, but it's just turn. I mean, this is this is perfect for you when you're at, you know, summer camp with the science kids. And yeah, the kids will love this. This this is I'm writing a lesson for you for next fall. Yeah, already. So real really quick, the other sound that uh, they have is the compression of gravitational waves. So sound waves are compression waves. Um, and a while back, a Nobel Prize and everything, uh, they discovered that black holes when rotating through space will compress uh, space in a way that humans could actually hear. It is in our auditory frequency range. The sound you just played is shifted up because it's too low for mm-hmm. humans to hear. So it's like it's not going to be the quote-unquote dog whistle. We'll, we'll be able to hear it. Yeah. And this it, thing that I just played was kind of a dog whistle type thing. Yeah, where they shifted it. All right. Um, Eric from Sparta has been waiting on hold. Eric, go ahead. You're on with Spencer Halsey, or UW okay. Lacrosse Outreach Coordinator. Okay, thank you so much for taking my call. I love black holes. I'm Soundgarden. Beautiful. <laughs> I also have a cat named Tripod because she got caught in the trap with three legs and her tail cut off. But anyway, I want to talk about Pi. Okay. Does Pi, does Pi go to infinity? So Pi has an infinite number of digits. It itself does not go to infinity. It doesn't have a limit as a number, but it does have an infinite number of digits because it is calculated using the circumference of a circle. Also, you hate Pi. I also hate Pi as a number, I think there's many other way cooler constants out there. Gravity, <laughs> way cooler. Euler's number, way cooler. I mean, pi. gravity, black hole, and then we just get we we then we do interstellar talk again. Yeah, we're we're gonna jump right into it. Um, Dan is Dan is calling in. Dan, you're on with uh, Spencer. Go ahead. Thanks. Uh, I had a question. Maybe she could uh, help me with. So, like uh, when a boat goes on the water, the propeller. The resistance from the water propels the boat forward. Uh, when an airplane flies, the resistance from the air, the propeller is pushing against the air. Now, space is a vacuum, so when they hit the thrusters and it's a vacuum, there's no resistance whatsoever. How are they propelling in outer space? Oh, How are they getting direction? I love this question. This is one of the most exciting questions in like our physics class that we cover. So you are absolutely right. Rockets do not propel in the same way that planes and boats do. They are actually relying on a fundamental physics property, conservation of momentum. So whenever those gases ignite, right, the gases, the fuel is sitting still, right? It it has zero. It's sitting in the rocket, not moving. Well, it ignites and pushes backwards. Well, that adds momentum to the system. But physics says, "Uh uh-uh, no way. We have to keep momentum conserved. If that rocket was stopped when it started, I mean, it was still when it started, it will have to maintain a net zero uh, momentum. So the rocket fuel pushes out, and the rocket heads the opposite direction so that the total momentum cancels out. If it doesn't make sense and is not intuitive, (laughs) it it isn't intuitive to me either. It took me a lot of time and a little bit of math to actually see why that is the case. But conservation of momentum is what propels rockets, not pushing. So – Whenever it's floating in space and that fuel begins to ignite and light again, the fuel will push back and the rocket will go forward. The system, a a, a critical thing in physics is the system 
of the rocket stays with a net momentum of zero. The fuel goes back, the rocket goes forward. Do we even need to burn the fuel then? Can we just shoot it out the back? Yes, but technically it could be anything. It could right. be, if you just like you've seen in movies when like in Gravity when he throws the um, like extinguished fire extinguisher one way and then he goes the other way, same same principle. He's throwing that way the, the food he ate is becoming energy. We should right? use garbage in. then instead of fuel. Just literal garbage because we have too much garbage anyway. We should use plastic waste and we just shoot it into space. Like use plastic waste to propel rockets. Probably be a little slower. No, it wouldn't work. Uh, it would work. I guess it, we would need something to pr- push the rockets back, so or to push the plastic back. So. Inside, yeah. So that would that would still work. It just wouldn't be very energy efficient. All right. Uh, headline pouring. We're sticking with space. Congress admits UFOs not quote unquote man-made. Says quote threats increasing quote exponentially. Very very weird headline. A lot of like <laughs> we're going to insert words into quotes. Sometimes that's how journalism gets in trouble. Is they take quotes out of context. But I'll read it without all the quotes. Congress admits UFOs not man-made, says threats increasing exponentially. Okay, so that just sounds to me like the tripods from War of the Worlds. These are, you know, the, the, the threats from outer space. These UFOs, they're, we, we've seen naval videos, terrible naval videos. I don't know where the $830 billion budget we use on the military every year goes, but it doesn't go to fighter oh. jet cameras no it doesn't go there it goes to buying the most grainy cameras so, yeah they buy the the you know maybe they just you know update your cameras navy and then we could get some of these good ufo videos and then we could go okay they are ufos so uh when i say headline porn is this all mm. kind of bs uh well technically everything in this document is true what it's suggesting what people might read between the lines is a little iffy so I read the report that this article mentions. Uh, I think it's CRPY. You read one, the 25 23 some... pages oh, of good. document. Uh, this is referring to a specific paragraph within that document. It's uh, actually kind of requesting funding for studying non-man-made entities that they're discovering, and it's paired with the videos. Um, so there is no suggestion that the UFOs that they're capturing on video are didn't originate from Earth. And that actually makes them really interesting to the military, right? What entity is sending uh, things into space, sending things around Earth in such a way that they're not easily detected by our existing systems? Yeah, we don't, we don't know what they are. We don't and know even what they are. whether they're man-made or not, somebody is flying them and has created them, so what the bleep? Yeah, right? It's, it's very... I think one of the most interesting things is this the whole task force called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force uh, that is part of the Navy dedicated to studying this. And I think it's it's interesting. I'll be excited to see what they figure out. But Man may being the key word here. Yes. So, I, I mean, you could I don't know why they're, the threat is increasing exponentially, but if there's UFOs and they're not man-made, so they've come from not the Earth, right? Maybe. So. I guess maybe. I <clears throat> The report did not suggest the word non-man-made. Are, are we just going, a woman definitely made these? A woman these. made these. <laughs> right, like, no man could make these, but a woman probably could. <laughs> oh, like the scene from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so that that's, okay, so, I mean, it's just, like, we, we're, we're, like, inching closer to just, can we just, just give us the, just give us your Area 51. Like, open it up to the public. <laughs> Let us go into Area 51 and see you all the alien crap you have. That's all we want, right? Yeah. So, yeah, real. the word not man-made, the one they have in quotations, is from the quote that they actually use 
uh, at a time when cross-domain transmedium threats. So they don't use the word not man-made. They use jargon yeah. that could technically be inferred as maybe man-made. Maybe man Not man-made, <laughs> but perhaps. Perhaps man-made. Um, all right. So that's that. Let's just do this quick, too, and then we'll, we'll go to break and come back with mm-hmm. the, uh, the climate slash dinosaur news. Um, James Webb still works, yes. even though it broke. Even though, it got even though a damaged. little, what, a, a piece of dust that's, well, a piece of rock that's as big as a piece of dust, right? Yeah, Something like, like that. a piece of sand going real fast. A, a piece of sand hit one of the thousands. Is there thousands of mirrors on this thing no, or not? I thousands? Think 18. Okay, 18. They should put a picture of the web. So the James Webb telescope, it's got 18 mirrors. One piece of dust, rock hit it, hit one of the mirrors, kind of broke it, but mm-hmm. it's still, we've, we've adjusted and it still works. And still we've chugging. got. We've got some pretty incredible pictures of Jupiter. Is this like the coolest thing you've seen so far? Is is this just because it's Jupiter? This is an awesome photo. Um, we, it's so it's infrared, which means we're seeing in a higher energy than what the human eye can perceive. Yeah. Um, and it's got the aurora borealis. It's a very high energy gases at the top at the poles of the planet that we weren't able to see with the Hubble photos. So we are seeing more detail in the gases in the current about Jupiter. Some people would find that very exciting. Other people would be, why do we care? Um, this uh, this science about how currents move is applicable to Earth. We also have jet streams and air streams, uh, maybe not at that scale, but it's still interesting. Do you care about the planets? Like you yourself personally, are you like into all the planets in our solar system? And Is it is it bad to say not really? No, I'm just curious. <laughs> well, because well, then I would ask you, you know, which one. But if you're not, Saturn then you're not. Saturn is my favorite, but I'm way more interested in the moons. In the moons. Oh, okay. Moons. Way more uh, fun. Why is that? Because they're more interesting. Oh. Because <laughs> there's more of them? No, I mean, there's, there's just... There's such variety in moons. I mean, doesn't Jupiter have like 27 moons? Uh, w- at least. At least. At least 20. Well, we wouldn't know because we can't count them because they're small. <laughs> uh, but you're not interested in our moon? I mean... That was the other there. thing, right? We're trying to go back to the moon? We're going back. I almost buried that one. All right. We'll come back and talk about that quick, too. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. Spencer Halsey, the UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist, in studio with me as she is once a month. And just real quick, Spencer, you're the, the outreach specialist. You, you were, you're, you're running science camps. I am. Uh, robotics camp this year, see September. Um, we have hands-on science, culinary camps, art camps, all kinds of camps. And... You last time you were on, I just a real quick, you know, when you, I think next month parents should start thinking about enrolling their kids to science camp for the next. You go ahead. Yeah. So um, we have a couple registrations opening up in September, but they're mostly for adult programs. The encaustic art program is coming up in February. If you like to uh, create art with a brand new medium of hot, like hot wax, I would definitely recommend checking out the encaustic art program. It's in February. Registration opens up September 1st. As far as the rest of our youth programs, it is February 2nd is when we'll be opening up for those. So you have some time to just keep an eye out for uh, what other programs come come your way. All right. So we'll, we'll do that. we got to do that once every time you're on just at some point because I think it's important because when we get closer to that February date, then I really want to uh, be able to tell the public, hey, this is the time because people will miss out. Um, all right, so we have we always have terrible climate news, but some terrible climate news has led to great uh, 
what what are we calling people that study dinosaurs? Paleontologists. Paleontologists. There, I knew there was a word for it. I just couldn't remember. Um, so we have good paleontology news mm-hmm. that comes stems from terrible climate news because in uh, rivers are drying up and therefore <laughs> we're discovering things. We hey, look at this! This lake is gone, and um, I mean we're finding we're finding like World War II ships in the bottom of lakes now that yep. that because the lakes are drying up and now rivers are drying. That's like the worst news ever. But then you know you got you paleontologists right out there are like woo. Yeah, so you probably heard about the news. Uh, they're they're finding you know dead bodies in Lake Mead. They even found a whole village in Spain. But paleontologists out there can also get excited because they found some. All right. Archaeocanthosaurus dinosaur tracks. It looks like a small T-Rex um, in a riverbed in Texas because of their drought. I know it sounds really weird to hear Texas in a drought and then see videos <laughs> of 13 inches of rain, but right. uh, Texas is technically in a very severe drought right I now. I also think Texas is always in a drought. Yeah, like I just feel Texas. like that's Texas. But anyway. Yeah, um, I, I just, whenever you hear drought, I picture Texas. All right, so we found... We found, tracks. we found some really, really cool tracks. Um, they have like claw marks, and it just shows like a dino, uh, a dino walking along the riverbed about 113 million years ago. It's crazy because why would why would the tracks be preserved in a river for that? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like the river's flowing. It would well when you it think was the erosion would take it. Yeah, away. it would take away these tracks. So they actually got covered up by dirt and rock, and they're in limestone. So the combination of those two things, they are slightly eroded, but they were mostly covered up by the silt in the bottom of the river and kept them very well preserved. Okay, but why why do we care about these tracks? Because we is this the first time we've gotten tracks like these, or are the tracks that we found in this Texas riverbed more detailed than tracks we found of this dinosaur in, in the past? I don't know anything particularly special about these set, other than the fact they look really good. Right. Uh, they're just really well preserved. You can even see, like, claw marks and... For all those kiddos out there that like dinosaurs, it would be really cool to go see. You got to be quick because in about a week they'll be covered back up. Uh, yeah, because the river will come back, <laughs> right? The eventually. Come back. Well, it is interesting too. It'd be cool to if we, you know, if, if it would be terrible if a river dried up here, but then to see the claw marks, because then you just start thinking like, oh, this thing was just walking around over here. <laughs> it was just like, you know, it was there. wherever it was right here. you were, we're, we're. We're tearing down the Kmart. Well, we found uh, we found some dinosaur tracks under the Kmart we just tore down, and there it is. Like this thing was just walking around the Cooley region. All right, that's Spencer Halsey. She joins me once a month. We talk uh, nonsense like this. That's not really nonsense, but we 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 seem nonsensical. I think sometimes about it. Did we miss? Did we miss any? Like what at the bottom? We talked about the the moss and the tiny trackers. Do spiders sleep? Uh, that was one of the other stories. That is, th- was there one other miscellaneous? Oh, and we're going back to the moon. Are we literally going to send people to the moon? I think so. I, the Artemis missions, the uh, SLS, I think, um, the space landing system, SLS rocket. Yeah, we're going to eventually send people back to the moon. Do we have a timeline? Because I want it to be like next 2026? year. Oh, 2026. Oh, twenty twenty six. Yeah, okay. I think. Don't quote me on that. Don't quote. Don't quote her on that. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, I don't have anyone for tomorrow. I might just rant about student loan debt. We'll see. Or I'll, I'll get a guest. I'm working on it. We'll be back. Uh, well, we'll, we'll talk to you then.